With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another edition of Inside the Box. Uh, Pete Paguaga here along as always, joined by Mike Fornavio. How are you, Mike? I'm doing all right. How about you? Good, good. We're back in studio for the second episode of the season. Uh, lots has been going on. Started a little late this year. I continue to say that every episode. But uh, we got a great interview coming up with Notre Dame first-year Notre Dame Fairfield head coach, uh, Richie Minix, as uh, he takes over that D1 program from coming from Lyman Hall. Plus, the Lancers will be playing in the CT Ice Hockey show, uh, high school hockey showcase on Friday night. So we're going to talk a little his transition and you know the upcoming schedule, including the CT Ice tournament, uh, not tournament, the CT Ice, <clears throat> the CT Ice festival yesterday. Festival, it, right? festival I mean, showcase. It seems like it sort of gets to what we're doing anyway. Yeah, it's cool. They get to play at Webster Bank. So we're going to jump in right away. I mean. <laughs> Do we have a number one team in the state? I mean, can, you know, like Eminem says, can can the real Slim Shady please stand up? Can the real number one team show up? Or I'm not sure we're going to get one. Yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not, I'm not sure there is one. Um, you know, it, I mean, we'll, we'll vote for one every week, I guess. We got we to, gotta, you know, boss makes us. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's – and even talking to a lot of coaches over the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, it just seems like one of those years where it's just going to be last team standing. You know, the team that gets – whose goalie gets hot, the team that gets hot at the right time, the team that puts it all together, or or even just that that day at Ingles, the team that plays better. Yeah. Just whoever's left. Whoever's left. And, and you know, that's, that's great. It's – I love that. I, I hate it Monday nights, but I <laughs> love it on the ice. I mean, it's it's been pretty crazy so far. I think we have the three teams. Obviously, it's Darianne, Notre Dame, West Haven, Fairfield Prep, who are in the mix. But they've had some great wins – and also some head-scratching losses and games where you're like, what just happened? I mean, we'll go right off the bat. Uh, last Saturday, Mike and I were at the Darien Ice was it Ice House. Yep. And uh, Darien put it on prep. Yep. I mean, was it 6-3 at the end? 4-1 mm-hmm. um, after one, those four goals and like, those five goals rather than like, three minutes yeah it was just absolute chaos chaos in that game uh, we we would have to go back and look to when prep had a loss like that to an in-state opponent Hmm. it's got to be a long time you know and you're just kind of like huh but then and then wednesday night prep goes out and absolutely manhandles xavier was it seven nothing seven nothing yeah control to start to finish took a while to get the scoring going but they got the scoring going and uh yeah put it uh Put it together. Uh, had uh, you know, even when, even when they were uh, without uh, Matt Ambrosio, they're one of their third line forwards, and it sort of you know forced a little mix and match on the third and fourth lines, and and it kind of got everybody into it, and they were they all played pretty pretty well, and they all played a pretty solid game, and uh, you know t- tough losing tough losing Ambrosio, but uh, still if they can get some other guys going, then you know that. <laughs> they're, all, they're all the more dangerous as uh, Fairfield Prep usually is. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of Prep's MO the last, I mean, 
was it two years ago we saw them go start to finish with Jack McGee in that, mm-hmm. and and they just kind of dominated last year. Kind of what you expect from Fairfield Prep, you know, because they play such a difficult schedule where they come into the tournament with a couple losses and they kind of figure themselves out and get into the tournament and then they're Fairfield Prep. So I don't think that's a real surprise, especially mm-hmm. with the turnover from last year's team. You Then we got Darien. Uh, well, we'll get to Darien after. Then you got Notre Dame Westhaven, who, you know, returning almost everybody from the team that went to the D1 finals, preseason pick for a lot of people. Lose to Darien a couple of weeks ago, and then you know they have a couple more wins. They're kind of back on track. Um, they got Notre Dame Fairfield coming up on Friday night, uh, which should be a good test for them playing at Webster Bank, the Big Ice, the big you know arena, the different bounces that uh, you know Richie Minix talked with us about earlier this week. And then you have Darien, the number one team in the state. Um, goes out, convincingly beats Notre Dame West Haven two weeks ago, and then loses to Greenwich. And I know we talked about it last week. And then they come out last week, dominate Fairfield Prep from start to finish. Just absolute dominant performance by everybody. You know, Massey, Moore, McDermott, Erickson, name them. They all played great. And then they go on Wednesday night, and they go down 3 nothing against Westville mm-hmm. Stanford. And... Westville Sanford's a very good Division II yep. team. Like, let's not yep. ignore how well they played, but... Yep, deep and talented. Yeah, Darien comes back. They win in overtime 5-4. And I guess, you know, as a coach, you can look at that and say, you know, we need a game like that. But it just... it's, it's I'm not picking oh, on that yeah. FCX schedule, but it's that FCX schedule where that's a great game for Westville Stanford to, to build on. But what does a game like that really do for Darien? Now, I'm not Maybe kidding. it wakes them up. I mean, you know, talking to Mac after that... Fairfield Prep game, Mac Bud, the uh, Darian coach, you know, he he was saying, you know, just they haven't quite found that consistency yet. You know, as talented as they are, they just, there are times when they just get away from what they want to do. They get a little too fancy. They get a little too, you know, they, they get, they just get away. And, you know, sometimes it lets teams back in or even sometimes, I guess, not having seen last night, but it, sometimes it lets a team get a jump on them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible to see. Them come back, I think that's good for them. But I wonder, maybe, you know, I'm not speaking. Again, I wasn't at the game. I'm not speaking for Mac, not speaking for the team. But I wonder if they went in with a little overconfidence and uh-huh. and West Hill popped them in the mouth early. And, you know, good for Darien for coming back. But they're the number one team. You know, now we're scratching our heads saying, well, is it Darien this week? <laughs> you know, next week it might be someone else. Yep. So uh, also around the state, this is one thing I, I kind of want to talk about. And – um I give them a lot of credit because of the limited amount of skaters that they have. Trinity Catholic um, on Monday played Northwestern up in a completely different part of the state (laughs) with six skaters. Now, Trinity Catholic only has 10 skaters and one goalie on their roster. Four of them were out with the flu, and they went down 2-0, came back at 1-4-2. Now, what I'm about to say, and you know, I respect Coach Pinto, I think he's doing a, an incredible job there. I think anyone who coaches, uh, tr- uh, tr- excuse me, I think anyone who coaches Trinity Catholic with the with that roster size, anytime you can win a game, it's incredible. Yep. But a lot of stuff on Twitter was about how great it was and how awesome and and it was. I mean, for them to come back with that amount of guys. But at what point do we look at that as as unsafe? Fair question. Uh, it's a tough call. I mean, I, I I guess you gotta 
trust the people who are there to have a sense of it, but that's it is kind of kind of close to that line, isn't it? Yeah, I just it's really questionable where it's like, you know, it's cool and it you know good for them for winning with six guys, but it's not a men's league. You know, it's not a men's league eleven p.m. puck drop when you're skating six, seven guys playing. You know, skating five minute shifts. I mean, these are high school kids mm-hmm. that we're talking about here, and it, it's just it was interesting. You know, the outpouring support that they got on Twitter was all positive, and no one was like, "Are we not going to look at this as kind of dangerous?" Because, you know, at the same time, they are kids. And, mm-hmm. look, you're going to ask any hockey player in the state they're going to want to play in that game. Sure. You know, but at what point does someone need to step in and say, you know, maybe this probably isn't the best idea to do this, but, you know, that's why the other people get paid what they get paid to make those decisions. I don't get paid to make those decisions. I just stayed out of the conversation. Paid. I get paid, but not for those decisions. Okay. But, uh, you know, I stayed out of that conversation online because you say something like that, everybody kind of freaks out. I just... Yeah, I really would like to know what the thought process was going in by the Trinity Catholic administration and trying to figure that out. But good on them. I mean, look, um, Rita is one of the most unsung heroes in the state. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the way he plays, the way he has to play every night Mm -hmm. playing with that team because of the limited amount of bodies. He sees a lot of shots. And he, I mean, he was great last year for him. He's great again this year. It's nice to see him healthy. I know he was banged up a little bit earlier this year uh mike what what else have you seen um you know this past week what did we see this past week we did <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny it all kinds of run together at this point we've we've had a couple of we had that early morning monday where we went to notre dame practice and yeah check out mike's like story the, on nick paselli the goalie you, from notre dame fairfield you kind of six thirty in the morning you, yeah you kind of lose track of what day is what <laughs> did uh what did we do See, this is good. You see how I'm very well prepared here. Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> sorry. Do we, we didn't really talk about your FCX story, did we? Did that that came out that after That came out our, after our last podcast, episode. Yeah. Um, so basically— You've gotten some good feedback on that. Yeah, some good feedback. I think a lot of people are, are mad at the FCX, and I think a lot of people are mad at the at um, the the response that the FCX had, which was basically, we're going to hide behind our policy— which I get and I understand. I just think hockey's always been different in this state compared to other sports, right? Up until recently, hockey was the only sport that separated by skill, not size. Bas- boys basketball followed suit. I think this is the third year of the division system in boys basketball. So why does hockey have to follow those rules when hockey's always been different? And, you know, I was just having this conversation. The FCAC has always had their issues with their scheduling, but remember last a uh, couple of years ago, um, Staples had the co-op with Weston and the other school. Right. What was it? It was Staples, it Weston. Was Shelton. Staples, Weston, Shelton, maybe? SWS, I know mm-hmm. that they were. And uh, they weren't allowed to play in the FCX tournament right. because of the co-op, co-op, but they still had to play an FCX schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like they just make up these – it seems like they're making up some of these rules as they go. The schedule's been there forever. Um, but it was nice to actually have coaches. I think, it, I think it's more that they have rules that they just haven't, they've just had forever. And yeah, and they're, I think their refusal to change it is, is kind of surprising. Um, you know, we talked to Larry Vieira last week on the show about how he's modeling after Fairfield Prep, right, at Notre Dame Westhaven. He's loading his schedule with out-of-state talent because, look, let's face it, there are not that many great teams in the state. 
Right. You can only play the same. There's only 16 Division One teams in the state, so you have to fill out your schedule with other competitive opponents to get better, and the Fairfield prep model works. Yes, do they get certain kind of players to go there because they have the ability to do that? Absolutely. But even if you're a public school and you play a crazy hard schedule, you're getting in the tournament anyway, and you can be prepared, whether skill-wise or just being able to skate with these teams on a daily basis. There's no lull in your schedule. And the FCX just kind of ignores that. I mean, look, Darian won back-to-back titles. Was it uh, 13 and 14 or 14, 15? 16, 17. And Ridgefield won the year before that. Before that, the the FCX hadn't won a Division One state title in almost 20 years. I mean, what does that say? Does that say that these teams aren't good enough? No, it's just, it seems to me like these teams aren't prepared enough, which is nothing on the coaches. It's nothing on the programs. But I think it falls on the shoulders of the league. And you look at the D2 and the D3 teams, other than uh, 2015 when Stanford played Staples in the finals and won, we haven't seen a really good FCAC team make a run. Staples was the number one seed one year, and they lost in the quarterfinals. Um, we haven't seen a, a D2 or a D3, with the exception of Fairfield, who's now in Division One, and that just shows the rise of that program. But there hasn't, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like they're hurting themselves. And that's kind of what I got from a lot of the coaches was like, you know, the D1 coaches aren't like, we're not making this about us. But what about these D3 teams that go into every year 1-5 and five or 0-6? Oh and six? And to correct myself, Darian was 15 and 16, by the way, after losing in the final. And then Richfield was, was 17. Richfield was 17. I know it was three in a row, three FCI championships in a row in the state tournament, but, you know, Richfield fell out early last year to an SEC team that was pretty battle-tested in Xavier. Yep. So, you know, that's a conversation that we can continue to have every single day, <laughs> and it is a and it, it is a, it is yeah. a hill that I will die on. And, you know, you go back to uh, to when St. Joseph was, was rising – in uh, you know late last decade, well, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's two decades ago now. Um, <laughs> you know, toward uh, you know toward two, when they won the uh, D three championship in two thousand nine. If I remember right, Marty Marty Krause thought he had the best team in D three the year before, and they didn't make the tournament because they had to play that FCX schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, then then that team rises through the, through the divisions and ends up in D one, the D one final two years later. Uh, yeah, you know that's 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 the kind of thing that we've we've always heard about you know and, and you know it comes it kind of comes up even more at different times and uh and you know i thought that if you haven't read pete's story definitely go take a look at it because it was pretty good uh, thank you pretty good piece well i'll tell you this the coaches are the coaches are huh and you ran some numbers too. oh i i love doing <laughs> research like that but you know it was good to see the coaches putting together a proposal it was unanimously pa- unanimously passed by the coaches, so the coaches are in agreement that something should be changed. The administrators and the FCI board of directors need to wake up. I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, we saw the FCI do this with football a couple of years ago when the state was like 10 games maximum in the regular season, and the FCI was like, no, 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 we need to have our FCI football championship, so every team's going to play nine games, and the two qualify, play Thanksgiving, or whatever it was, and they can play in the uh, FCI championship. And I'm pretty confident Ridgefield missed out the playoffs by one game. Whether they won or lost, they would have gotten it. Mm-hmm. But and and they and they and they hindered their own team. But we've seen this before from the FCI. But we've also seen them willing to make change. They just changed their football schedule. 
to kind of balance it out so there's not as many blowouts. But they won't do it for hockey. Uh, and hockey is just so easy to fix. It is so easy to fix because of the way that the state organizes hockey by skill, not size. It blows, <clears throat> it blows my mind how non-negotiable they are. And I'm, I'm happy for the coaches for, for wanting to stand up and, and try and get some change. You know, what is, is Trinity Catholic going to play with six guys against Darien? I don't know if Trinity Catholic would. Well, don't want to speak for anybody. That that would be uh, that'd be a tough call. Of course, and I don't think that they would do it, but I'm just saying at that point, you know, a lot of these guys don't have the numbers that these D1 teams do, and they're expected to compete on the same level of ice, you know, multiple games in a row. It just doesn't do anything for anyone. All right. Sorry. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, all right, we're going to throw it over to our interview with Notre Dame Fairfield head coach Richie Minix, and we'll be back uh, right after this. Joining us on the phone, we have first-year head coach of Notre Dame Fairfield, Coach Richie Minix. Coach, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me today, guys. Really appreciate it. Good to have you, Coach. Thanks, um, Mike. So, you know, this is your first year. Uh, for those who don't know, you you led Lyman Hall. Um the Lyman Hall, Coggenshaw, had him killing where it's co-op to the Division Three championship last year. Then you took over the, this Notre Dame Fairfield program. How, how's that transition been uh, from going from, you know, a D3 co-op to a Division One school? Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty smooth. Um, I got, you know, it makes it easy when you got um, some great horses in the stable there with, you know, the Brian Essings and, uh, you know, Reagan Gallagher, Nick Baselli, and then you got the back end with, Aaron Martino and uh, Fenizio and also um, Ferg. So makes it pretty easy. <laughs> and, you know, look, I, I was there for the Lyman Hall days. It seemed pretty easy there with the Roberts and, uh, you know, the Hunter Boyles and the Blanchards, right? Yeah, just you, 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 you could keep naming them there. <laughs> those, were, uh, those were the glory days. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, so what, what has been, I guess, the biggest – difference in in terms of coaching at those two levels uh honestly the definitely the pace of play um you know at the division three level you could kind of have you know a kyle roberts or hunter boilo just take over a game by themselves um now you know you need a team effort you need uh legitimately you need 45 minutes of uh, hard hockey to win a hockey game and you know but you know, watching you guys early and, you know, play, waiting for a couple of those uh, players to get to be eligible, but, you know, playing with four defensemen and, uh, you know, and sort of a thin lineup, you know, just grinding that out through a, through a D1 schedule. How, 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 how is it coaching that, that group? And, you know, obviously you got a lot out of them, a pretty tenacious group. What, what was that uh, first half like for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, they want it. They want to win. They want to get better each and every day. They come to practice to work hard. Um, you know, I think yesterday a lot of the a lot of the team thought you get three guys in after mm -hmm. sitting for ten games and you automatically go win a hockey game. Uh, it's not the case. I mean, those three are great players, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, practicing every day is very different to uh, playing hockey games. They were definitely not in game shape. Mm -hmm. Now that that'll um, that'll come with time. Though, so Richie, you're a Connecticut guy. You played at Lyman Hall, correct? Yes. What what's the biggest difference between high school hockey when you were playing, which uh, wasn't really that long ago, to to now seeing it on the other side? Yeah, um, I 
honestly, I think there were, you know, a lot more players that were kind of staying at home playing high school hockey. And then, you know, after, you know, their senior year, they'd take those PG years um, at prep schools. So I think it's a little different. I mean, we had kids like, you know, Mark Arcabello um, at prep when we were playing. It was excellent. I mean, I played with a kid, Lee Moffey, who went on to play with at Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, good. you know, it's a little different. I think the – I shouldn't say high school hockey's watered down, but, I mean, the talent level is a little different than it was back in uh, the 05 years. Yeah, I mean, it, and, you know, we, Mike and I were just talking before about Division One and – you know, Division One kind of seems wide open this year. There doesn't seem to be a perennial top team that everyone's vying to beat. It seems like they're all beating each other and and playing. You know, not really dominating that uh, that you were that you would expect them to. Do, is that kind of the feeling around the coaches in Division One that all you got to do is get in and and kind of anything can happen this year? Yeah, I mean, the best part is everybody's already in. Uh, <laughs> so you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to you got to play four good hockey games. So you know, you get a hot goaltender um and you put together four good games anybody to win a state title that's true i mean we saw that last year notre dame came in kind of as a lower seed got a hot goalie and and you know beat some really good teams to get to the final so it wouldn't be the first time that we saw that but still very interesting yeah Yeah, for sure i mean they got a good coach over there and he develops his players so you know even coming in as a first year coach uh he was gonna have his team ready by the 20th game yeah, well, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Larry. We uh, we had him on last week, and he was just saying, "I'm I'm taking the Fairfield Prep model. We're just gonna go play the best teams in the state, out of state, and we're just gonna get prepared for that four game push." Well, that's that's the way to go. <laughs> it does seem that more teams are kind of moving that way. Uh, when you put together the Notre Dame Fairfield schedule, are you looking for some out of state teams? I know you guys played in some tournaments, but what is that experience like playing those top teams from from out of Connecticut? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a great experience. We got to go up to Maine. I think this is like the third or fourth year going there. Uh, for me, I didn't even have to put the schedule together. It was already put together. <laughs> um, my assistant coach, Bill Garfield, kind of takes care of the schedule. He's been around the team for a couple of years, so he was able to piece that together. He does a great job. Um, you know, it's great. Uh, you know, there's definitely some cons to it. Um, you know, you play three games in three days, and then we host the uh, – the Corano Cup here, which is two games in two days. So now those are five games right away. And now you got a, you have a bunch of gaps in the schedule where, you know, you kind of just sit idle for a whole week to play another game. That's no, true. You never really want to, uh, you know, I think that bye that we had last year in the first round of the playoffs, I don't think helped Richfield. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you never really want to sit idle. Uh, who are some guys who have really uh, stepped up for you guys this year? I know you mentioned a bunch of them at the beginning, but you know, on your offensive side, you know, who 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 were some of the guys that we need to know about? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Junior Brian Essing has definitely stepped up his game uh, considerably from last year. Uh, he's leading the team in uh, goals and points. Uh, you know, and then you got uh, little guys like uh, Mike Sanieri who uh, who had only a few points last year. He's definitely contributed on the offensive end this year. So, you know, we got a heavy junior class that is kind of, uh, you know, carrying the weight right now. And then we had a forward, Aaron Martino, who was a forward for three years. We were uh, pretty slim on the back end. I talked to him before the season started. 
and you know he was definitely all about the team so he dropped back to defense and he's actually been fantastic back there this year now that's good that's good it's always uh you know as a as a former men's league player actually i'm coming out of retirement tonight just you know not to brag but uh you know going from forward to d or d to forward is never an easy transition yeah, I'll have to check the box score tomorrow, see how you do. Oh, I'll let you know. Don't worry about it. Uh, let's just hope I make it up and down the ice without, you know, collapsing, and that'll be a win. Now, Richie also played at Southern while I was there. I got to cover Richie, and he was a star hockey player at Southern. You uh, you remember those glory days? Oh, those those were the glory days, I'll tell you that. Those yeah. definitely were the glory days. We had some good hockey players there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy getting to see like Matt D'Amato, who is uh, you played with. He's one of like he's a referee. I see him everywhere now. Yeah, he covers a lot of big games. He's a you know great skater. He knows the game, and he's uh, definitely can manage a hockey game really well. Yeah, for sure. Coming over there, you know, we we talked a little the other day about this, but you know, what's what's uh, what's the transition transition? Excuse me, been like for you coming to Notre Dame of Fairfield, and uh, you know, getting used to a new school, new surroundings, and uh, and all and you know, some new administrators as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, what's made it really smooth is definitely the players. Um, you know, they get a new coach. I think this is their, some of the seniors, it's their third coach uh, in four years. So it's just like, you know, it's a kind of a broken record um, for them. You know, it's a new coach every year. Uh, I came in, they kind of uh, took me in, as I can say. I mean, you know, they've put a lot of trust into me. Um to kind of guide this team and and it's great uh the good thing about it is the two assistants uh tim cooney and bill garfield have been on on board for the last four years so they've kind of been around the program and kind of telling me uh you know showing me the way and it's easy enough because uh actually bill works side by side with me here uh, at the milf recreation department well that's got to be fun yeah for sure so <laughs> You know, we're scre- we're over here screaming over uh, the desk, so it's nice. <laughs> how long do you know him? What'd you say? How, how long do you know Bill? Uh, not as long as you've known him, Mike. <laughs> uh, I I've probably known Bill for about ten years now. Oh, so that's that's about as long as I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike knows everybody. I feel like we go to nah, like any know. rink, and everyone's going over there and chatting with him. He's quite popular. That's right. I've just been, yeah. around, I've just been around a while. So. Uh, you know, this weekend coming up, you guys have Notre Dame West Haven in the CT Ice High School Showcase playing at Webster Bank. That's got to be a complete change of scenery going from playing at Shelton to where kind of the stands are on you to this big bowl that can fit upwards of like 9,000 people. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think the – the building will be packed, so it'll be, you know, a little empty. Um, but I think it's going to be exciting for these guys to be able to play on a professional ice surface, kind of leading up to the big uh, college cup uh, for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's definitely – it could be a cool tradition if they can keep it going because obviously we see it in Boston with the bean pot in the colleges. And, you know, we have some pretty good – you know, now that Sacred Heart's playing well this year, uh, some – four pretty good college teams and it's weird that Connecticut has kind of become this you know hotbed for uh for college hockey I think that's pretty crazy yeah it's you know it's nice to see that two guys are two guys playing Mike Lee and uh, O'Connor both uh played uh CT high school hockey as well yeah that's right Lee's from Hamden both are from Hamden both are from Hamden okay 
I knew. Yeah, oh, that's right. Hamden Connor Island. plays for for Quinnipiac. Well, I live in Hamden. Uh, maybe I should drink what's in their water before I play tonight. <laughs> but um, you know, the rest of the way, you guys kind of are at the midpoint here. You got Notre Dame, West Haven, and then it's kind of right into it. West Haven, Northwest Catholic, Xavier, Immaculate, Fairfield, Hamden, uh, out of state game, and then prep to end the year. What is um, what's the you know talking to the kids like now as you guys head into this you know hardcore stretch over the next month? Yeah, I mean it's we're going game by game. Um, we've already forgotten about yesterday's game. We're uh, looking forward to tomorrow, and then uh, we'll worry about the next one. It's just one at a time. Uh, you know, each and every game, if you don't come out and play, you're going to lose. And that goes basically for, you know, every team, I think, in D1. If you don't give an effort, uh, it's going to be tough to uh, compete. All right. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, Richie, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. I know Mike and I will be there on Friday night, so we will um, we'll, we will talk again very soon. Yeah, hey, and listen, guys, thank you very much. And uh, just want to leave off by uh, definitely giving uh, kudos to uh, Trinity Catholic there, winning with six guys. It was awesome to see. Yeah, that was, that so, was something. Know, they definitely, yeah, they definitely should get uh, all the recognition they get there. Absolutely. Thanks again, Coach. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, take it easy, guys. All right, later. Bye. All right, we are back, and uh, what a great interview with Richie, right? Always. Yeah, he's, uh, I think I mentioned it in the the interview, but Richie and I go back. We go back Mm -hmm. to our days at uh, Southern Connecticut State University, so, and uh, when I was at the Record Journal, and he was coaching Lyman Hall, and he did a great job there, and Mm -hmm. I imagine he's going to do a very good job at at Notre Dame Fairfield and bring them back to... um, you know, the top of Division One at some point. He's a great coach. So, all right, let's take a quick uh, look at the upcoming schedule, and then we'll get out of here. And, uh, you know, obviously right off the bat, we got Friday night. Um, <clears throat> we have the Friday night schedule of Notre Dame Fairfield and Notre Dame West Haven, which is always a fun time, um, at the Webster Bank Arena for the CT Ice uh, Challenge. Um, showcase high school <laughs> high school showcase I Carnival. believe it's what it's called yeah we'll call it what we, yeah so that's fun out. that's Friday night also New Canaan Richfield yep on Friday night that's a big one is New Canaan for real we'll see won't we yeah I, I saw them against uh, Northwest Catholic I was very impressed mm-hmm. um, but I'm looking to see more from New Canaan and you know Richfield coming off a big win um, against Notre Dame Fairfield on Wednesday so, or you know, maybe the Tigers are starting to click now for Coach Gallagher. Uh, Saturday, obviously, we got prep at Hamden. Always just a great game rematch at the SEC Division One Finals last year where Hamden upset prep to win the SEC. Um, any other games that stand out for you this weekend, Mike? Uh, Simsbury-Xavier on Saturday is kind of interesting. Simsbury coming on and uh, Xavier a little banged up last night, too, on top of uh... – on top of prep coming at them pretty pretty good, so that, that could be interesting to see where they are. That's at Wesleyan, right? Uh, yep. And so you was- got uh, Trinity against uh, West Hill Stamford, which I believe is the only only uh, all-Stamford meeting this year. So those are always fun. Yeah. Um, and Saturday yeah. night, uh, WMRP and uh, Farmington Valley at Avon. Uh, nice little D2 matchup. Yeah. And, you know, Ludlow, uh, Ludlow, the Fairfield Co-op. Just playing Greenwich, Ridgefield, Northwest Catholic, a good game. Mm. WMRP, we got to talk about them a little bit more because they are the lone undefeated team in They're hockey. The left. They're the only ones left. They're doing some pretty great things up okay. there. Uh, and it's nice when they win the Rice Bus gets all excited <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, they're, good, they're a very good follow. 
if you're interested in that. Any other games uh, coming through this week? Um, you know, we got a couple of those lovely FCX D3 D1 games. <laughs> Um, so we're going to ignore those. Have we um, talked about that? Yeah, Sally, yes, we did talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we haven't talked about that in a while. Uh, West Hill, Stanford, Brantford yep, on, on Wednesday. Wednesday. That should be a good one. Yep. Um, you know, the Fairfield Co-op at Trumbull, I think that's a nice crossover. Xavier's got New Canaan Wednesday night. Um, a lot of good Wednesday night games. West Haven and Hamden, uh, they played this past Wednesday. They're they're playing again, one of the old, oldest rivalries in, in Connecticut hockey. Um this is going to be an interesting one Wednesday night as well. St. Joe's at McMahon, Norwalk. Mm. Um, this is a D1, D3 crossover in the FCAC, but St. Joe's has been prone to lose to Division Three teams. Um, you know, and I think we'll this will be a huge test for for the Norwalk uh, co-op. Yep, for sure. Well. Six, one, one, I think are. Yeah, six, one, and one. So we'll see how for real they are. Also Friday. Greenwich at West Hill. Stanford's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, Guilford, no- Guilford and Hand. We haven't really talked about Hand a lot, mm-hmm. but they're good. Yep. They are as good as we thought they would be. Um, we can talk about that more next week. Um, but, you know, get out there. Go see some hockey. Uh, Mike, any uh, final words for our fans? Thank you, Yeah? Covered everything? All right, guys. We'll see you guys out at the rink. Make sure to say hi, and we will catch you next week on Inside the Box.